Hey, Clubbers, you just stepped in the First Issue Club, and we are covering The Marked on Image and X-Men number one on Marvel. Stick around. Welcome back to another episode of First Issue Club, the podcast where we cover number ones exclusively each and every week. We talk about them, review them, to lead the lead you through the sometimes muddy and murky world that is the comic book landscape. We love comic books. We love new ones. We love number ones. But Mike DeStacy, the only other person with me in the booth today, let's talk politics. Oh, God. <laughs> what did I walk into? <laughs> Shit. Uh, so you, there was a big debate last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? I did. Do you have a fan favorite of the Democrats? I yep. don't have a favorite Democrat. Do, can you name anybody running? I can. Uh, who do you Who do you name? Who's the first person that comes to your head? Biden. Biden. Is that, who, is that your front runner? If you had to bet on somebody? If I had to bet on somebody, yeah. You'd bet on Biden? Yep. You would not be betting on the person currently polling the highest right now. No shit, really? Yes. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Is polling the highest. How about that? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Do you watch um, any debate? Yeah. I watch most of them. Republican or Democrat? Yep. Yeah. To be candid, the Republicans are a little bit harder for me to stomach, and I end up turning it off mm-hmm. after a while. Because there's just a lot of pandering to shit that I'm just like, you're just bullshitting right now. Yeah. But I try to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if not, I'll read a little article afterwards, recapping them. I love the immediate, like, bullshit feed. Who won? That's, well, <laughs> who won oh, is, like, Twitter ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, here's everything that was lied about. Oh, yeah. The, I like that, It's actually. like, the internet is so fast now that getting, like, an immediate feed of just, like, that was a lie. This wasn't the truth. This is actually how this happened. If you subscribe to, like, any email newsletter now, these days, those are pretty popular. Do you ever do that? Like, a uh, political like, party newsletter? Any deck of a daily newsletter that comes to your, to your email. No. You don't do any of those? Uh-uh. Um, they're pretty fashionable now. Sounds I, like a nightmare. They're fun. A lot of people do them. That's how a lot of people consume their news. They get an really? early morning email, tells them about the news. Yeah. A lot of them, and I subscribe to like three, all of them have a little section that says, here's the update on the impeachment. People are, are interested. This yeah. is the O.J. Simpson of, of, of this season, of this, the fall. So yeah. people are in it. That's politics. Politics, baby. We're not a politics uh, podcast, but we talked about it. <laughs> that was an <laughs> elephant. Like a... Oh, cool. That's cool. Can you do a donkey? That's a donkey, right? <laughs> yeah. That I, is could a... Pro- I could do a better elephant. Okay, try it. <laughs> Ooh. And how bipartisan of you to do both animals, by the way. And starting with elephant? Yeah, true. I was kind of thinking when you started talking about this, you know, when we talked about earlier on our Patreon, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> yes. And we've got some podcasting power here, folks. <laughs> we do. There's a... Uh, you may think you're our only listener and that you're super special. <laughs> I hope it feels like that, though. Oh, I 100% hope it feels like that. Mm-hmm. And if you ever see any of us out anywhere or recognize our voice somewhere and you say, Hey, are you Budget King? <laughs> Your voice sounds so familiar. Kiri spotted me in Springfield. No what? Jo- no joke. You're kidding. No. Unbelievable. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. How funny. It's rad, yeah. Um... But when we started this conversation, I was like, uh, oh, man, are we going to alienate some listeners? We just talked politics, though. Yeah. We, I didn't really, I mean. If, I didn't know where it was going to go. You said politics, and I said, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, politics and religion. We did that, too, on the, on the uh, Patreon. Yeah, we did. A little bit of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think we stand where the vast majority of younger-ish people stand. I, maybe that's insensitive of me. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's novel for me to be, like, liberal. <laughs> you know? I, no, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just kind of... a good point. It's ubiquitous of just being a young person yeah. and stuff. Like, I think it's, it's actually really fascinating to me if you're young and Republican. And Republican, yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Kind of makes me... Kind of makes you interesting. You know why I think I'm maybe a little more sensitive to it is that I... Where I work... Uh, and like we, we mentioned before, we're in Kansas City, mm-hmm. so right in the heartland, but obviously in any city center, 
you're going to be around mostly liberal people, right? Yeah, yeah. But still, when we work together, there's people who commute in from, like, the suburbs and further out. So I work with a handful of people that are super conservative. Do you? Yeah. And are Trumpers and all the stuff. And that's always dicey when you say something and then, you know, people on the right or just as right as I am left. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, like and, they and, really believe that shit. And, and honestly, just like I, I believe my shit. And it's like kind of crazy. And it's it's tough. It I, is tough. I feel like Donald Trump sucks is the maybe coldest take you could ever have. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to think of like something. Like, like what's what's uh, more Nickelback sucks freezing maybe? ice cold take than that? Yeah, yeah, that like Nickelback isn't a good band. Yeah, it's like thanks a lot for. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I tuned in so I could hear that well, you don't and, like Donald and so that's, Trump. That's why it's so provocative, like Kanye, mm-hmm. to be into him. Sure. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, but but actually, if you thought about, and that's Kanye's whole thing, which really loses me. And he's uh-huh. like, but uh, people demonize me for actually liking a person. Just think about that. And it's like, man, it's like, it's like saying you like, you're okay with people starving. Like, that's not provocative. That's just <laughs> dumb. Yeah. Like, so I don't know if that's exactly akin to this saying that, but. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did my yeah just sound like too passive? Like, I'd rather just move on. Than no, actually, I was that. just like weighing my metaphor and I was like, it's not a great metaphor. <laughs> um, but we, other things happen in the comic book world that aren't politics. Yeah, this is true. Um, so I just wanted to throw you a curveball and it worked. Thanks for entertaining that. Great. Greg and Caitlin are still on their wedding, um, fiesta. Yep. It was Caitlin's birthday. The other day? Yeah. Happy birthday, Caitlin. Happy birthday, Big K. Yeah. You're there in Maine now? Yes. And just having a great time. I'm so happy for them. Caitlin will come back and have a new job. Yep. They have a new life. I, and I truly believe this. Dude, stop pointing at me when you say this. Well, this involves you. Put your finger away. I just want you to know. Thank you. If you live together for any period of time, mm-hmm. and then... You get married. Yep. I think you owe it to yourself to dedicate to figure out why is your life better now. Like, you should try to have a, a better life, a more enjoyable. Post marriage. Post marriage, yeah. What are we going to do different now? Yeah, how are we going to make life more enjoyable? Yep. And, and Interesting so it, take. It really excites me when people live together and get married because I think, I think they're saying that. We're making a public declaration. To have a better life. Yeah. And that's awesome. That is. What a sweet sentiment. So, it's fun. So, I'm really excited for Greg and Caitlin. Do you think it's uh, people who move in together after they get married? It's a lazy adventure. I think, statistically, it's harder. I think they have a higher divorce rate. Oh, certainly. Um, I think that it's, yeah, they're going to have some obstacles to overcome. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, I actually don't fall either way. I think both are good. Yeah. I just always inspired when people who live together for a long time get married. Um, This was what my wife and I did. Get married. Went on our honeymoon. While we were on our honeymoon, we had someone come and install a slide from our bedroom to our living room. And it was this like new fun thing that felt like we were in a new place on a new adventure. And it was nice to have something... Yeah. Different when we came that we could come back to um, to feel like really like our lives had changed. For and the you've better. been sliding ever since. Exactly right. Yeah. I'm inspired by that slide. Great. Isn't it funny how you put a slide in something and people talk about it? Like y- you could have a shitty bar, but you put a slide in it and everybody's going to love the fucking bar. Oh, yeah. Bar. It's a slide yeah. bar. Yeah. A oh, slide bar. You got to go to this bar. It's got a slide in it. In our city, we got a haunted house. That's in theory a shitty haunted house. Mm-hmm. It's got a slide. Do you think that's a thing everywhere? Put a slide in it? Yeah. Well, specifically haunted houses. Having a slide? Yeah. The th- the theme of that specific haunted house is that's the edge of hell. Uh-huh. And you it seems you go up in the tower, you get to heaven and you slide down to hell. So I guess thematically it works. Yeah. But yeah, I bet slides in haunted houses is a thing. Pretty common. Yeah. I had always been bamboozled by ours as if, as if it were unique. Yeah. Tweet at us. 
Let us if know if your town has a haunted house with that ends with a slide. Yeah, I would love to know that. I kind of think that's a thing. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah. So put a slide in it. <laughs> it's the new put a bird on it. Uh, <laughs> there are comic book news that we have to get to. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Okay. Um, not that we don't have to get to, but there is a new uh, C chief, chief of staff for all of Marvel. Oh, God. I didn't know that. What, what? happened? You didn't know that? Uh-uh. Is C.B. Sobolski out? Wasn't he the guy? Um, he was the guy in comics. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He, um, he, he, I thought he was, too, so we could be getting that horribly wrong. Oh, are you talking about the movies? No, Kevin is, like, in charge of all movies, uh-huh. all comics, what? all video games, everything. He takes over all Marvel creative, not just the movies. He previously was the movies. Now it's everything. Wow. You didn't know that. No. Well, now you're learning something. Uh, that makes me uncomfortable. I feel like I just heard that my company got sold. Yeah. It's weird that you're like, just I'm worried now, about I mean, like, what's going to change. This has been news for 72 hours by this time that we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, well, this is great. This is honest, good interview. What is going to change? What's your first take? My first take is that I hope they don't water down all my fucking comic books for a more accessible movie-going audience. I agree. That would they're, be... They're just two distinct audiences that enjoy two distinctly different things. That's the first reaction I would have. Yeah. The next reaction I would have is, well, damn, he's done a good job, like... With the movies? Killing it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think 20, 15 years ago, people would have said Marvel comes out the winner in the DC Marvel battle. Right. Especially... And, in regard to movies. Dominated. Yeah. Redefined cinema uh-huh. in some ways. I know one Italian man would disagree with that, but. That's <laughs> true. Um, so, proven track record. Yeah, but proven track record in. A different media. A completely different media. Now, here's the other thing. Marvel is mm. printing so many comic books. Uh-huh. And I don't know that they're profitable or not, but we are in the goddamn golden age of comic books, especially Marvel. Uh-huh. So my thing would be to just not fuck with a good thing. If you're a really smart businessman, just get a really good VP that just is the same person that was running it and just let it go. Yeah, you kind of wonder if like the editor-in-chief is just going to be the one really making the decisions. And I, frankly, as a... He's got too much going on to, like, micromanage what they do with Spider-Man <laughs> in comic books. You know what I mean? And he, does he need it to actually tie into the movies? No. They've uh-uh. had a, a whole successful model that doesn't even really care yeah. whether or not they tie in or not. Uh-huh. So let's not make that a thing. Right. Or maybe make it a thing and make our comic books more valuable? Is it that bad? I mean... Yeah. I'm trying to think what effect... The funny thing is, is like, I don't give a shit about the video games or the movies at this point. I feel like Same. they're well handled. Yeah. But I I just worry business guy comes in to the thing we love that's made out of paper and is like, what the fuck are we doing? We're still printing things? I am just... You know, just like period. That like, we still print these out? The the I mean, let's say... Let's say comic books for Marvel are making some money, uh-huh. okay? They're not making anywhere near the amount of money the movies and the video games probably are. No, but this is the re- these are the reason that the movies and video games exist. Yeah. So Are we saying that we don't need them anymore? Maybe they've gotten to the point where they're just saying, why aren't these fuckers making the same amount the of money? The ideas of the characters have transcended yeah, maybe, maybe, the actual things that they're coming maybe from. Maybe he says there's too many. Honestly, as a business person, I would say that. I would say, Marvel, you're printing too many stories. Why are you doing that? Yeah, you're watering down your brand by yeah. having like 40 Spider-Man books. Yeah, you want to sell a lot of books? Sell four a week. You fucking sell amazing. You know what I mean? Sure. Do they care if they put out local comic book stores in the process? Man, I don't know. I, I don't. I think this is all just speculation. I bet not much changes. Right. In the grand scheme of things, but sure, you could just. Well, I don't know. That's tough to say. Mm-hmm. I would love to see like a statement from him. Is that something that's happened? Saying that like he's not gonna fuck with a good thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, we want him. That's to... the first thing you do. Hey, are you uh... when you come in as like a new boss or something? Is you say, you know what's working here? You guys. <laughs> and as long as it's working, we're doing our jobs, buddy. And I want to make it easier for us to all succeed. Um, and then you start changing shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I don't know. I, I feel like Marvel's doing a great job with comics lately. And you could say, like, hey, it's impossible for me to keep up with Spider-Man because there are, like, ten Spider-Man titles right now. But at the same time, there's a Spider-Man title for young women. There's a Spider-Man title for, you know... Do we like it because it's almost inaccessible? It's just such Like, a- it feels like it's our thing? Yeah, it's, like, such a gun blast of, like, comic books that it's, like, it really is ours. You know, like, if you're into Fantastic Four right now, I don't know a single other person reading that line. Right. Old dudes. Like, and, and it's, like, maybe you got a couple of friends that are like, yeah, we love Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. But as a business person, that's not a good business model. Yeah. Everyone, what that person want, the business model, they want every single person, especially that we know, to be reading the same book, talking about it each week. They want the Game of Thrones everything. Yeah. So do you, what, bail on Fantastic Four then? Is that what you're saying? Kevin Feige's going to come in and, and say, he's going to say, you know this thing that's been around forever? I don't know that you make a book for every hero. It's like, boring. You now. probably just have a bunch of event books or something. I don't know. Like they pop in and out of things that are a grander scheme, but we don't need to know what Ben Grimm's up to every week. Exactly. Yeah. In like three different comics. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is a lot of other publishers out there. So if Marvel Oh, they can like take on these creators, you mean? Yeah, if Marvel if Marvel goes, you know, Bud Light on us, mm-hmm. then pff, I just DC doesn't do bad comics. I'm not over here being Rob Leefield saying they do bad comics. <laughs> uh Image does great comic books and there's a hell of a lot of indie publishers doing great things. Fine. Push me into buying more indie publishers than I already do. I love that. Yeah. So, I don't give a shit. Fuck it up, do what I'm you want. I'm with you. I buy plenty of comic books. I'm a nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I want change. You know what I want? I want something different to happen, just to see what happens. Fuck with the system. Yeah. I guess I like the, uh, I like the barrage of, like, you throw a bunch of comics at us, and the ones that we don't like, we don't buy, and then you stop making those comic books. Yep. Comic book capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Got it back to politics, baby. Yes, it always is about politics at First Issue Club. (laughs) We don't talk about our brand enough. No. We shouldn't interject our brand on really who we are. Yeah, we're about politics. Here are our four pillars of belief. Yes, if you come here, you also believe in... That's how we start the show. Yeah. (laughs) You've come here for... We are First Issue Club. I'm talking about all of us people. You are First Issue Club. <laughs> Why is it said in an accent? I lost my my kibbles and bits at uh, Greg and Caitlin's uh, wedding. Child impression when I re-listened to that. Oh, that was a funny episode. Yeah, funny. Yep, I cut out like a good seven minutes, ten minutes of our intro. <laughs> It was good. Just so I could get to that quicker. You absolutely should have. Yeah. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah. It was good. If you hadn't listened to that episode, a couple episodes ago, Greg and Kaylin yep. do a mean little Im- kid impression. Little kid on the playground. Yeah. Impression of a kid reviewing comics. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. All right. Let's get this podcast started. First up, we got X-Men number one by Jonathan Hickman. I'm jiggling with joy. (laughs) And uh, Lionel Yu is the artist on here. Do you know what is crazy Hmm. about, I love that we're just getting straight into this. Um, This comic book reminded me of East of West in so many ways. Aha. Um, one of which is that there's a bunch of maps that are like outlining it that, and the design work on them is fucking fabulous. That's a classic Hickman thing. 
classic Hickman thing. Yep. Um, and so that was amazing. But then some of the characters, the way that they're drawn, look straight out of East of West. And I, I did a double take and was like, wait, what artist is this? Um, very, very dark, um, elongated, mm-hmm. like, people that, it, it's good. So, <laughs> the art be good. And that was X-Men, number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as you know, and maybe you know this from our Patreon, or maybe you know this from being in the comic books or Marvel or anything like that, there has been a giant fucking lead up to X-Men number one right now. And part of my thing with this book was that I felt like my expectations post Powers of X and House of X would never be met. That series was incredible to me. And even like a couple issues deep into it, it was just popping off the hits. Everything specking every week, selling out everywhere. Got to go on eBay to find your covers and pay like 20 bucks for them. I didn't do that. I don't want to spend all my money. But at the same time, it shows you how rabid people were for that series and how much it surprised everybody every week. This book is one of like five books that are coming out, which is important to mention in like the scheme and scope of this book because I think like a lot of other X-Men fans – we're trying to figure out what's the main X-Men book going to be. We've got these other adjunct series that exist within the same world and universe as this book and all complement each other. But those are like the teams and the action. But what's interesting about it is their release schedule is the same. So Powers of X and mm-hmm. House of X or Powers of Ten. Yep. So and, I always say Powers of X too. Yeah. Um, and, and House of X, uh, were every other week yep. would come out. They're doing a similar release schedule here. Mm-hmm. I don't, you, if you could, at the back of the book, they explain how they're doing the publishing. It's going to go X-Men 1, Marauders 1, Excalibur 1, New Mutants 1, X4, X-Force 1, Fallen Angels 1. Then it starts again. X2, X-Men uh, number two, Excalibur, number two, Marauders, number two. Finish the next couple, please. Do you want me to keep going? Yep. Um, New Moons, number two, mm-hmm. X-Force, number two, Fallen Angels, two. Then starts again. So you get X-Men, number three. Yes. Then Marauders, number three. Okay. Then you want to get the concept yeah, what's next? No, okay, what's sorry. next? Then Excalibur, Let's number three. This then one. New Mutants, number three. Then X-Force, number three. Then Fallen Angels, three. And those are all different weeks. So if you were to, if you were following me, yeah. you would get... To that now we're almost a month there, and it's X Men number four, Marauders number four, mm-hmm. Excalibur number four, New Mutants number four, X Force number four, four. Fallen Angels, Angels number four. four, and then that that reaches you to the next month, and you're in the fifth book, but it's only it's only one week. No, 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 no that's not even right. This is we've gone so far. <laughs> You've gone five months out. Yeah, five months out. Yeah, which I I like this. Well, maybe I've just been like trained by. Marvel and they hired like a psychologist to say like do we tease people with this release structure and now everyone's addicted to this and we buy one X-Men comic book every week. It's going to work for me. Man, you built like a beautiful connected universe thing that now I'm like super interested in all the characters and how they play into the main storyline. So you bet your ass I'll run through and buy all of the comic books that you just said and then maybe I'll question around issue five whether I'm going to stick with each of these series. Which all, with but all of I'm invested for like the next half a year in what this X-Men run is doing. Well, you're going to be poor. So, but like I was saying before you fucking cut me off with like the release <laughs> schedule things, was that <laughs> a lot of the books seem like they're focused on teams. And that was like always what X-Men like struggled with and tried to solve with X-Men blue, red, and gold. Right. Was that like we're all one book but we're also these like five different books and here are the squads going on adventures, but it's all X-Men. This one is saying there's a singular book for X-Men, but then we've also got the separate books for the teams. This is way more like 90s X-Men. Right. The way we handled it then. Um, I love, 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 love the like bureaucracy that was in House of X. And them figuring out how to politically run 
man, back to politics again. Oh, we love them. We love it on First Issue Club. We love politics. Yeah. And if you're listening to the podcast, you love politics too. Yeah. Why else would you listen? Even you, if you don't think you do, you're... You're, you're a sheeple. Yeah. I don't want to go that far. <laughs> Sorry for Budget King. Jesus. Hey, hey just, I, was just, I was trying to riff. Just really quick between... Budget King, could you take your headphones off? Yeah, sure. Between you, you guys and you listeners and, and me, Budget King can be a piece of shit sometimes. Um, gets really worked up in like, oh, how do I sound? And I care about like things and I'm kind of like running the show and everybody cares about the things I care about. That's not the case. You can be your own individual person. You don't have to think what we think is cool is cool. You can still listen to it and enjoy our takes and disagree with us. That's fine. You're not cheap. You're your own fucking person. He doesn't need to know that. You want to get back in here, Budget King? Oh, yeah. That was We, we sometimes do that when there's a lot of people around, mm-hmm. but it was weird just you and me having to leave. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were talking about me. No. <laughs> talking good. about you? Good. Good, 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 good. Okay. Hey, don't listen to the next episode, though. <laughs> I won't. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be tough editing it, but... So... I'm hoping that with this new X-Men line, that this is kind of the continuation of the political system. Mm. We're going to see the Professor X, Magneto, and the politics of the groups around them. How you guys are, that like you guys are making the decisions for mutants as a race. And how does this cabal of super powerful people end up influencing the world around them, the political decisions of Krakoa and how that affects just like humans on earth period. I think that's like endlessly interesting. And then on uh, another side of that, there's like the whole shadow government side of like Moira still being alive, but no one knows it. I don't know if you knew that, but they faked her death. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you didn't read House and Powers... This kind of felt like a preparing for war book. Sure. I thought it was, and this is hard for me to say because I've just, I'm so ingrained in this world right now, but I did feel like it was a fun read regardless. Oh, yeah. Of 100% agree. Of the foresight of having everything figured out for you in those preemptive books the only at the same time it was it would probably read as a little a little boring maybe even yeah there was a lot of like setup and stuff it kind of just felt like you know here's the movie series that you love we're going to do 30 minutes reestablishing things a little bit yeah i think it's a commitment to what people love about x-men it was like oh hey just as a reminder like you love Jean Grey and Cyclops being in a relationship, you're getting that here. Yeah. You love Wolverine being around those two. Guess what? He's got a room in the house that Jean and Scott live in. Cable's a cool character and their family relationship's always been like interesting. Um, and he's in the house too. Like there's all kinds of things going on that, and you know what? They're fighting fucking robots. So it feels familiar. Just like Sentinels. Yeah, yeah, it feels completely familiar. So you're kind of getting like, you're pandering to the fans who say, I want my great old X-Men back, but you're also appeasing the f- fans who like more in differentiated, inventive stuff and have embraced all the new characters that they've been throwing at us over the past decade. Um, it's, because it's not like a throwaway of all that stuff. Right. Um, they introduce... I don't know if I would call it a new character, but this, like, awesome-looking, like... Oh, fuck yeah. Like, demon character. I only say I don't know if it's a new character because she disappears in, like, three pages, and they just, yeah. like, may not pursue that storyline. <clears throat> um, they but, have to pursue that storyline. But it seems like a very powerful mutant that, like, didn't even realize that they were on Earth. Yeah. Uh, it was like now got unleashed. Yeah, very east of west thing to to have done. Really? Yeah. The yeah, and the art style of that specifically, that character, yeah, seems very east of west as well. The um there's like a slight mention of something where it's like she's not quite a mutant. Like why is she with these other people who've been like kept in these chambers? 
it was almost like she was being created as a mutant. Um, and, right. And she was not fully baked. Right. Um, is she, that is that a story somewhere in House or Powers that they're creating mutants? Yes, it is. So could that have been tied to that? Sure. She could be... She could either be an early version of, like, the black brains or... <laughs> or... Uh, Sinister has been doing some stuff on the side that, uh... Yes. Uh, this book was a true X-Men book. I think you said it right. Convoluted in the way that you want an X-Men book <laughs> to be. Like, it's, a, it's a funny takeaway and a funny, like, compliment to be like, this was convoluted and I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels familiar. If it's not convoluted, then it's just Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Um, no, it's, it, it was, it was fun to read, Mm -hmm. um, and to dig into, and Jonathan Hickman is a great writer. Yeah. Just has done some, just amazing things. He writes a fucking comic, man. So, this guy just gets you pumped the way he puts stories together and, like, teases little things. It's... He knows how to be... It makes you realize how much of an art form it is. Right. Oh, yeah. True art form. He knows how to be epic. Mm -hmm. Um, and he knows, like... This story truly only works in comic book form. Yeah. Like, because of the way that da- that um, House and Powers, like, led into this. Yeah. And then it's going to, like, fade out and, like, read and stuff like that. Honestly, it's this is best probably now consumed in a weekly form. It's probably, and I don't say this often, mm-hmm. this is going to be more fun to read every week than it would be to wait and buy in the trade. And that seldom happens. Well, that was... Certainly the funnest thing about being into House and Powers was that there was an ongoing conversation every week. Yeah. And, you know, we tried to do that on the Patreon until Greg and Caitlin got married (laughs) and got too busy for comic books. But uh, (laughs) uh, I love talking about that book, like, in my comic shop with people who read comics, like fan theories on message boards and chat rooms and... All that good stuff. Like, people haven't been talking about comic books like that week to week in a while. And I think this book got people really excited in a way they hadn't been in a while. I like, I hear some criticisms about this or that style of writing. Like, like Hickman is a crazy person because he like invented the Krakoan language Mm -hmm. before he started writing this book and yeah how, and how necessary was that it's what Tolkien does but it's immersive yeah it's so immersive it's it's actually it adds to like the like you said epicness of this I've I feel like Matt Kent does it in a different way in a like a very DIY way uh-huh um that I like like even more but um you know what I like about a good X-Men book I feel like if it's done well it feels sci-fi yeah, um, that's a good point. It feels like it's commenting on something larger about society. Yes. It's not just like true escapism. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's, yeah. It shouldn't lose that. That's I mean, that's what it should be at its core, and that's how it was invented, and X-Men stories should honor that throughout time. I'm not saying that every X-Men book has to just completely overdo that theme, but the main line, it should always be a part. Of yeah. X-Men. And I think there's, like, Jonathan Hickman maybe took taking a look at it and thinking, like, does it always have to be the mutants being oppressed and a commentary on that brand of politics and, like, bigotry? Like, let's make some other commentary on yeah. politics with the X-Men, and we're getting a heavy dose of that already. I love that. Yep. I... I'll emphasize the same sentiment that I started with that I, my expectations were way too high with like how fucking blown away I was going to be after reading this. I still really enjoyed it, but I was kind of like, okay, slow start. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting when they bring back some beloved books like New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, Excalibur, I, I didn't know much about really, yeah. but X-Force people like a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Marauders, I don't think people know jack shit about. <laughs> That's one of the less popular ones, yeah. yeah. Or Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, could be fun. Yep. Should, be, should be fun. Heck yeah. Guaranteed to be fun. And next up, last up, The Marked, out on Image, by Hein and Haberlin. The Marked is about a secret cult of magicians who unlock powers via tattoos. Tattoos. Yes. So, uh, yeah, got a young artist who kind of found her way into the secret guild by discovering a piece of paper that said, if you see something interesting here, mail it in. She drew a phoenix when all she saw was a woman. This guild said, you're a genius. We're going to unlock the phoenix in you by tattooing you with the phoenix. If that was convoluted, then I nailed this book. (laughs) I want to say that I love, 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 loved the idea of that stupid ad that we see in comic books and shit all the time or through the 90s especially that was like here's a picture draw it and send it in and we'll give you like an analysis and see if you can come to this school and of course you try to draw the little picture that you see and copy it and then they send it back a you a letter that says you're very talented you should come to our school and pay us money Exactly. And you're just like, who does this? Like, rubes and, but like... It's just a marketing ploy. Is Yeah, it's just a marketing ploy. Uh, and then to give it some sort of, like, mystical meaning and being like, we've done this since the 60s, I felt like they were pulling in some comic book history and a fun... That's like, a great... That, that, a fun nod with how she found her way into That's the actually group. a great take, because I recognized it, too, yeah. and I was like, oh, I think I've seen that, actually, mm-hmm. as a thing. I will say the strength of this comic book is I have never in my life seen tattoos drawn so well, illustrated so well. Oh, sure. It is it is insane how well. Uh-huh. And I, I often look at, like, tattoos drawn because you think about it and, like, they have to draw them over and over and over again. Oh, with a lot of consistency. Yeah, and it's, it's like it's an, it, if you draw it on a character, you really got to commit to that. And they just, like, fucking nail it. It is it is insane how well they draw tattoos. That's an interesting observation. So yeah, the art was great in this. Yeah, the coloring was really nice. I liked that a lot too. It had a really great vibe to it. If if you gave me this comic without the dialogue and said, "What do you think this comic is like?" I would say, "Oh, this is awesome." Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's a good point. It really is just the dialogue that like they they. And I can't put my finger on what it was, but it was not a very enjoyable comic. I I agree. And part of me thinks that they did the way the way they handled the setup of it was monotonous. The first like six pages, I was like, I don't want to read the rest of this. Just because it was all just like explaining some of the history of this thing and um giving you some exposition and catch up about like the world that we're in in the most boring and mundane way possible. We talked about this similarly with like Ruby last week, that this is like not a good way to start a new story. It also like, I think one of the things that bothered me too was like the tattoos didn't need to be the reason why all of this happened. Like it was a nice it works for the illustration, and it's, uh-huh. like, a nice subject matter, but it's, like, there's not... It's almost gimmicky that, like, tattoos are the thing that unlock the powers. Yeah. It didn't bother me that much. Okay. I think there's, like, the idea of, like... As a person with tattoos. So. <laughs> I think um, the we get the idea that there's people, like, imbued with this, like, higher level of detail that can access this like immaterial magic thing and symbols are a way of accessing that magic and enhancing it and to me that was like the 
unique, interesting thing about the book. It seems like it makes sense, like in classic witchcraft stuff and drawing symbols and yeah, that's uh, true. Just yeah, just a bunch of bunch of moments that aren't earned. Yeah. But once we get into the actual narrative itself, like the back half of the comic book was better than the first half. Absolutely. I enjoyed the story. I think it ends her, in a, it ends in an interesting place. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't hate me, it. It was we've we've read comic books on here that I've like adamantly disliked, and this was a comic book that was just vanilla to me. the The artwork almost saved it for me. Yeah, because um, it was just stunning. Uh-huh. The choices they made, but the story is like, oof. As a, I guess I read a lot of this genre. Uh huh. And it's just like... It, That's a good point. It did nothing for me with yeah, this genre. Like, right. I heavily, heavily consume this genre. Yep. And like, no. Even like, we've talked about this a little bit, like, I really love anime that's of the same age mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this kind of felt like it, you know, it needs to at least, it needs to understand where it sits in the realm of kids getting powers mm-hmm. or power, being powerful. Yeah. How does it, it if all it offers is they're now tattooed? Well, it, that's it's and this is that's not me being unfair. The second half of this book offers some great direction, but it just took too much to get there. Did this comic book make you want to get tattoos more or less? Does this comic make me want to get tattoos more or less? I don't think tattoos are dumber after having read this comic book. Okay, I'd say it makes me want to get tattoos more. Well, job fucking well done, then. Yes. Okay. I think the mis- even the make up mystique of a tattoo holding power, pretty neat. Okay. You sold me on it. Okay. That sold you on that? <laughs> you sold me on uh, the idea of tattoos being oh. better from this book. Okay, cool. Yeah. So... I was indifferent. In fact, I probably was on the end of like, well, I have tattoos and they don't mean anything. Very adamantly don't mean anything. They actually have no meaning (laughs) whatsoever. I can't tell you that enough. And so for a book to have the crux of tattoos being meaningful, Mm -hmm. I was like, gross. Tattoos should hold no meaning. The more meaning you put it in, the stupider it's going to look and the more you're going to regret it when you get older. It is art. You're just putting some fucking art, or maybe it's just goofy. You're just putting bullshit on your body because you have a different version of how you want to look. That's all tattoos are. Yeah. They aren't memorializing anybody. Nobody cares. If you put a tattoo on your body that you memorialize, that person doesn't care. That's a hard fact to swallow. You know what? I actually like this take because most of the time when you see tattoos that suck, it's like a shitty band or something. Totally. It's like, oh, cool, you have a Primus tattoo? <laughs> or it's like... Or like, even like, maybe Primus is even too cool of a band to like, you know, put this on. You have like a Seven Mary Three tattoo? Or a Creed tattoo? But yeah. It, but I mean, that's obviously shitty. Like, having Kanji written on, like, on you, that's a shitty tattoo. Yeah. Um, having, like... Sorry for people that have these tattoos, <laughs> by the way. Um, our friend uh, has a bunch of Bible verses on her uh, sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I, she regrets that now. Yeah. Not something that she wished that she had mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and I think that, like, you know, I, I, I don't think of tattoos as much far, as a person who has a lot of them, much far off than getting your ears pierced. It's just a body modification. Yeah in the way of that you would want to body modify yourself. Mm-hmm. So. Name something you care about that you thought maybe that would be a cool tattoo. Like, can you give me an example of something you've, like, gave a shit about that, like, there could have been a moment where that was a tattoo on you? Where I was like, oh, I wanted to care about that. Or anything you care about now, even. I... I'll, let me try one and okay. see if this matters. I used to pose the question to people, would you rather have a television that's haunted or has a dinosaur egg in it? Mm-hmm. And I thought about getting that as a tattoo. Two, two, two TVs, one with a dinosaur egg in it and one with a ghost in it. Interesting. Is that real? Is that, like, meaningful? 
That's a joke. I would say that's the opposite of meaningful. Okay, that's a joke. Um, All right, let me put it in my perspective. Mm-hmm. Huge Spider-Man fan. Loved him all my life. Okay. I get a Spider-Man face on my arm or something. On your face? <laughs> on my face. I have Peter Parker's face tattooed on my face. Oof. <laughs> let's not make it a face tattoo. Okay, let's go back no, to your No, it's arm. not a face. Yeah. Okay. I get something Spider-Man related. Okay. That's cool. It's not dumb? No. You just said that's dumb. My favorite superhero. I think your uh, premise was that if I say anything that's like, yeah, this is my favorite of something, that you're like, that's stupid. You're right. Here's my favorite sports team, and I got their logo tattooed. That is kind of dumb. That's dumb. Yeah. So if I got Spider Man tattooed, I don't want to be emphatically about it being dumb. I just think it's maybe not the right attitude. You have to. It's not the right attitude about it. Because here's the thing likely. If you're a mature person, uh-huh. in 10 years, you're going to be radically different from when you are, like, when the decision that you got to that tattoo. Uh-huh. And if you hold it in a loose, like, joking way, chances are, 10 years later, you love it even more. Uh-huh. If it is very serious and very meaningful to you, chances are, 10 years later, you're going to not like that. That's that, true. That's I agree with that. And so that, that to me, is it, it, it ages but better. But I understand the idea of saying to an 18-year-old who's not very creative, who would be more likely to say, I'm going to get an Ariana Grande tattoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, and then Ariana, like, let's say um, Ariana Grande, like, goes on a racist tirade at some point, yes. and you're just like, fuck. Or, like, she jumps the shark and is, like, nobody likes her as a musician at some point. Like, and then you feel like, why do I have this pop stars? It's not as that, it's not as, like, easy. It's more like a quote that motivates you. Like, you read a a book and... That's a really common tattoo, by the way. Yes, it is. And, and... I might be in the minority of this, but I'm, I'm... I think you are. I'm saying that I don't think that makes it... That a it, quote that motivates you? Is not a good tattoo. I don't think that's a good tattoo. I think that's a good tattoo. You do? We're going to disagree on that. A we, quote that motivates... Anything that motivates you that, like, makes you feel better or want to do better? You're right. You're right. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, if something... Yeah. I'm not going to knock something that's, like, making them do better, I guess. You're right. I shouldn't, and I shouldn't knock that. Mm -hmm. Just because I am pure chaos (laughs) doesn't mean I need everybody else to be pure chaos. I got uh, my one tattoo is that it says, uh, you can podcast good. And I lift up my little shirt, and I look at my belly button around it. I'm doing it right now. If you got that tattoo, and I remind myself, fire. And then I remind myself, I can do podcast good. I can do podcast good. I would love that if you did that. That's a great idea. Upside down, right below my belly button? Yeah. So, I don't know. Most things come back around, and I'm wrong. I don't need to have an opinion about it. Opinions are for jackasses. <laughs> I, I just think that, like... You it, care too much about not caring. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. I do care too much about not caring. I do... I think that... I think... Of, yeah. I think about the idea of getting tattooed probably more than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I'm getting tattooed or just, like, thinking about it. And, like, I just think about the... Pre- I've, I enjoyed the premise that I've approached it with. Yes. Which, that works for you, and that is great. Yeah. And it I'm happy it, you're happy. And it doesn't have to work for everybody. And I wonder how the marked would feel about my tattoos. If my my if my if tattoos gave me magical powers... They'd be from fucking dumb powers. They would be dumb, and they'd probably end their school. <laughs> they would probably just be like, I guess we're done, because we thought they meant shit, and turns out mm-hmm. they don't. Yep. So. You would probably make, like... Post-its smell like farts or something. That would be your tattoo's magic power. Yeah, something like... Well, by the way, if I ever get a magic power, it's going to be so lame. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be lucky shooting lasers out But you would eyes. also be stoked. 
Hell yeah. Even if yes. you had something stupid that you had as a power. Instantly quit my job, no matter what it is. <laughs> and exploit your power for money? Yes. Just like, power. look at me, I'm... Posted fart smelling guy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. If I had to, yeah, I would have to derive some so monetary value from it. Yeah. Just to confirm that magic is real to other people. I, yeah, I guess. Or like, well, or just... So you would have to have people smell a post-it <laughs> as normal. <laughs> but, and then be like, okay, you I didn't do anything with the post-it. <laughs> You'd still see it, right? Smell it again. No, but I'd do more of this. I'd be like, listen, it's not not a good thing. It's it's not the best way to get back at people. But I, for hire, could make somebody's life uncomfortable for five minutes. Mm. Everybody's got post-its. I could make them smell like utter shit. Mm -hmm. I'll go into their office. I'll touch their post-its. They will have a heinous five minutes on their hands. (laughs) <laughs> you said that in your face <laughs> Here's the thing about a, a farty post-it too No one's gonna know where that smell is coming from Why would it be the post-it like attached to your monitor? You gave me the power You're critiquing your own power No, I'm, I'm saying that makes it perfectly insidious Oh, okay, good, good So my power has gotten better Yeah, you want to ruin someone's day They're gonna spend like an hour being like, where is that awful smell coming from? You would never assume it was a post-it note. Totally. And we don't know how putrid I can make the smell. Maybe I make them into paper airplanes and I launch them to people in a crowded room. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just fart bombing everybody in the face. Yeah. Ruining their day. They're vomiting. It smells so bad they vomit and they go home. Yeah, a whole stack of post-its. Uh, yeah. Ooh. I'm like the gambit of farts. You are the gambit of farts. Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think we can top that. (laughs) It's time to call it a Wednesday. See ya. (laughs) Bye. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms, at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T. I guess. Yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> For those of you not in the room with us, Mike just handed me a piece of paper that said, should we allow more refugees into the country? <laughs> it's a good way to ask your friends what they think about uh, U.S. politics. <laughs> it's just cold, hand them a note. That's how I prefer to do it. Me, too.